Okay. Hi, my friends. Glad we're here. Um, so, so we're going to pick up. We're going to look where today's topic is rising up or free falling. We're going to see a little piece of Priya Aretz, Parshat Ve'etz Hanan. And I'm just finding in the original. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. If I, uh, go, if I do anything that's not on the page, let me know. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, here we go, my friends. Feel free to chime in. Thoughts, questions, ideas, whatever you would like. All right? Okay. He says like this. He says an awesome thing. That's the klipa is referred to in certain sources, in certain situations as chinam. Now, what does chinam mean? What's klipa mean? We're going to get there. That's my next question. Don't worry. I'm doing the easy one first. Chinam means? Free. Free. Right. Okay, so what does klipa mean? Apparently, it means free. Falling. Very good. Uh, there's truth to that. Um, well, what, is, what does klipa mean? So klipa is a capitalistic idea. Firstly, literally, klipa means appeal or, um, or a shell. But <clears throat> why does, Kabbal- why does <clears throat> the Kabbalistic texts use this word? So let's understand a little bit what it's all about. Okay? So what we mean by klipa, to keep it, to keep it sim- as simple as possible, is that when we say klipa, just like a peel or a shell covers up the fruit, stopping you from getting to the fruit, so also, this is the idea of what klipa, we have klipa in life, emotionally, spiritually, and it's that which stops us, that which draws us away, gets in the way of us getting to the fruit, of us getting to the purpose, of us getting to the point, right? So now there's two aspects of this that we can talk about um, for, for today. One of them is things that are objectively bad, right? Things that are objectively a problem, things that are yetsaharaz, evil inclinations, things like that. Okay, there's also another aspect of klipa, which is that the idea that it, that it takes our desire for something good, for something that could be a good desire, and it brings it away to something that is wasteful. Not even necessarily objectively bad, but wasteful, right? So for example, the soul has a desire to build, and that's rooted in our purpose as, as branches, as aspects of sparks of the, the divine to connect back to our source to connect to Hashem and that's where so we, we have a side of us that wants to build and wants to grow and wants to connect however the klipa of that could be that if it's taken and 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 brought to something that is just not purposeful right it would, it would be purposeful for us to connect to Hashem and to connect to God to, to connect to Hashem to connect to God and to fulfill our purpose and bring out our potential that's all good right but if we if that, 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 what klipa would do is it would take that desire to build and to grow and to do something positive and then just do it, but in the wrong area. Do it in an area that's just objectively meaningless, right? So, for example, the example I like to give is like when people are kids and hope maybe even sometimes when they're older, we have um, a side of us that likes to collect stuff. You're, you have a stamp collection, you have a baseball card collection, you have a, a comic book collection, okay? Where does that come from in the person that they want to have a collection? Like, what the heck sense does that make? Where does that come from? Well, someone could have started it for them. 
True, but where does that come? Where does that come in the person that they'd be interested in? That there's a lot of things that people put you on the path for this thing, and you walk away from it. Where does it? Where does it come from in the person? It comes from in the person that there's a side of us that wants to build stuff, right? There's a side of us that wants to grow. There's a side of us that really wants eternity and wants something to be everlasting. So we we start we start to build stuff and we attribute meaningfulness to the thing that we're building, right? We do the same thing with being the span, a fan of a sports team. We do the same thing with all sorts of things, Shalom. We do, we do that, we have that attitude with all sorts of things that we get into, which when we scratch the surface a little bit, we are really honest with each other, with, our, with ourselves, right? Sometimes that needs a, a near-death experience to get to that. But it, when all the nonsense is pulled away, we realize, like, what the heck am I doing over here? What is, why am I investing this time and energy and, and sometimes money into this thing, right? People become diamond collectors, People, there's a, late, a former late night TV show host who's, who's well known to be a car, exotic car collector. Um, where does that come from? Can you hear the, like, where does that come from? Well, you get into that. Okay, he has a certain thing he likes cars. Great. But, like, where does that come from that you're going to buy, spend thousands and thousands and thousands really? of dollars? You have nothing else going on in your life. You have to make as if you're something. You have to make something out of nothing, right? And so, and so. It's a lot easy in certain ways. It's easier to collect external stuff than to build myself internally, right? And so we start to collect stuff, or we become a fan of a team and give that some kind of meaning. It's just an industry. It's just a brand, right? Right. So, so it was funny. Once I had a teacher who would tell, who would say to a student, if a student would come in with like a Nike shirt or a Reebok shirt or something like that, the teacher would say, "Oh." You're, you're doing advertising for them. How much are they paying you? And it's like, actually, this T-shirt cost me $25, even though it cost, uh, you know, two cents to produce in China. But instead of you, them paying you, you pay them for the honor and privilege of associating yourself with, that, with their brand. This is absolutely ridiculous. And you walk around, and you're walking, you're walking a billboard for them, and they're not paying you. As a matter of fact, you're paying them, right? So isn't that crazy, right? But the, here we are. Yeah. You see what they did there? So, so, um, so, this, is, so this, is what the, this is the concept of Khalifa, right? So the concept of Khalifa is that which is pulling us away from our point. The crazy thing is, though, it's just like the peel and the shell stops you from getting the fruit. It also has its whole energy, its whole vitality, its whole life force. The peel's whole life force is from the fact that it's rooted in the fruit. And that's what we're seeing here. That we have a side of the soul... Is the only reason you're even into the sports team, uh, uh, the the stamp collection, the car collection in the first place, is it because it's coming from the soul, and it's the thing that's stopping. It's getting in the way of you getting what the soul energy was all about. The only reason you're into it in the first place is because it's coming from that soul energy. You know the idea? This is the concept of flipa in a nutshell. Haha, <laughs> you see what I did there? Uh, and, okay. So, <clears throat> so, this is the concept of flipa. Uh, this is why you come here. You see, this is why you come here. Didn't so, so this, this is the concept of what Khalifa is all about. And so he says here, look, Khalifa, whether it be that more intricate way we just explained it, or just also other things that take us away from our purpose, which are all sorts of other evil inclinations and things like this, is the concept, is called in the Zohar, is called in the teachings of the rabbis, <clears throat> chinam, chinam which, mean, which means free, Right? Like the rabbis taught Gehenim al iske chinam. A person goes to Gehenim, right, which is the Jewish version of hell, uh, based on iske chinam, dealings of nothingness, dealings of nothingness. Right, we're missing out on our purpose and our potential. 
because and we're trading it in for stam. We're not even talking about either yetsaharas or even less than yetsaharas. It's just stam, nothing. Uvizohar become mikamot. Uvizohar become a mikamot. Is that working? Yeah. Okay, good. Just keep an eye out. Sometimes it stops. It's very. Uvizohar become mikamot. So the reason why it's called Chinam, the reason why Klipa is referred to as Chinam, referred to as Freeze, Liotim Adapkim Beadam Chinam, Vishorim Alav Bilti Shumachanam. Because you can easily get to Klipa, no problem. Right? It doesn't take any work. It doesn't take any uh, uh, refinement on your part. It doesn't take you strengthening yourself over yourself. It doesn't take, take a, an effort and a plan. This is all stuff that can just come by default. This is all stuff that you can fall into automatically. This is all pre-programming. It's going to be pre-programming and habits and, uh, and all of these other interesting characteristics that we come into this world with. Um, via, via our nature or via our nurture, right? And so that's what's called chinam because it, you know, it's just it's autopilot, right? Kila shra takdusha la adam. Sarich tiyufta sagi vechela takipu mesiras nefesh because in order to actually bring kedusha, holiness, good stuff upon oneself, in order to achieve that, that that's a little different. Right? That doesn't come on automatic. That doesn't come by your patterns and usually, right? It comes with asserting oneself over oneself in a strong way. It comes with self-sacrifice. It comes with giving up your lower self for the purpose of accessing your higher self. Right? I tell a story all the time about a guy who wants, who, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, I remember, but you can't, he or she, well, we'll just say it. he. Yeah, Z. It. What okay, fine. When we say Z. Z. What does Z mean? Is that what he's asking now? Who knows? Fine. <laughs> Question mark. I, no, I don't remember. If it was, I was just saying the guy. Okay, the guy came here and, and one time asked a question. Like He was just starting to get into Judaism and said, I don't get this Judaism thing. I don't know. It just seems so not natural. And the answer is yes, yes, exactly correct. Exactly correct. The whole thing is that, it, yes, it's not natural because if it was natural, it would just come up, it would just be autopilot and then you wouldn't be doing anything. You'd be walking around in the chinam. You'd be walking around in the klipa. You'd be walking around in just whatever pulls you at that particular moment away from your personal purpose and goals and aspirations or higher aspirations whether you know you have them or not right and so and so the idea is that no it's not natural it's beyond the natural it's above natural it's supernatural there you go so maybe that's why they call it supernal maybe it's i don't know anyway so so this is the path when a person goes ahead and strengthens oneself over oneself in this particular way, in this way, in this manner, with grand self-sacrifice, with sacrificing the lower, themse- lower side of themselves for the higher side of themselves, which, by the way, that is avodas Hashem. That is divine service. A lot of people think the divine service means I've got to sacrifice what I want for what God wants. The higher, more true reality is not that. It's that you have to sacrifice the lower, your lower side of you, the lower pole of yours, to, for the higher side of yourself, for the soul side of yourself, or serve the soul side of yourself over the non-soul side of yourself, right? And then what happens is, then a person clings and aligns himself with and is glued, associated with the 
the midot, the attributes, the ways of Hashem, right? If a person is lining there, at, that's what actually say here, right? because there's a principle that how can you cling to God? How can you have a relationship with God? How can you be one and have that kind of association with Hashem? After all, God is like, uh, what they're refer referring to God, the Shekhin, like God's divine presence as like a, a burning fire. Like how does that cling to this non, non-tangibleness? And so the answer is, the answer is, of course, that it's by clinging to God's attributes, right? When you align yourself with Hashem's attributes, so you're aligning with Hashem, and that's how relationship is built. That's one principle in relationships that we should be clear on, is that relationships, that in general, that, I don't know if it's in general, probably you can say always, that any relationship, the, be, the, the more similar the two participants of the relationship are, the better the relationship is going to be, right? The more similar the two participants in the relationship are, the better relationship is going to be. So some people who are throwbacks, I don't know if you're, anyone here is old enough, but there, back in the day, there was a song called Opposites Attract. Right? Anybody know? It's by a Jew, by a Yid. You know what? Yeah. Paul Abdul. Some of them we want to throw back. But okay. Paul Abdul. Oh, Baruch Hashem. So, so um, anyway. So, uh, so anyways, you said Opposites Attract. So I had a psychology teacher in university who would say Opposites Attract Divorce. So... <laughs> So what does that mean? It means to say, it means to say that when we say the more so hold on, what, what, let's understand because there is something to opposite attract. Let's talk about that a second, right? What does it mean when we say the more similar two participants are, the better relationship is going to be? We are talking about at their core, at their soul. What are their values? What are their principles? What are their priorities? Who do they want to be? What are their goals? What are their aspirations? What's the direction in life? The more those two are together, the more those things are aligned, the more your relationship is going to be going in a positive way, right? That's how it is, right? The, the, the divorce, according to last I heard, the divorce statistics in America were like what, like over fifty percent. But intermarried couples, seventy-five percent, right? So, <clears throat> means the more the more the values are in conflict, the more conflict you're going to have on a on a level of vision and direction, the core of who you are, essentially, the most core thing that you have. So. Um, so this is uh, so this is something. So this is this is this is the idea of we should understand that this is uh, this is what we mean by relationship is built on alignment. So yes, now you want to say, well, what about differences? What about uh, can some differences be complementary, etc.? Yes, they can be complementary when two people are working towards the same goal and they have different strengths. So then, yes, right. Exactly. So, like, for example, like Paula said, like, uh, he makes the bed, she steals the covers, I like it neat, I make a mess, I take it easy, I get obsessed, you know, different things that are, you see? We you also went to show We do that. need some brainwashing, we do need some brainwashing, get some of this stuff out. But, um, but it means to say, you didn't hear in there something like, um, he likes to build hospitals, she likes to kill people, like, you didn't, you didn't hear something like that, right? It wasn't, they were all kind of, there was all kind of, like, like, like itty bitty kind of like extraneous things not having to do with who and what the person is. It wasn't like, <clears throat> it wasn't like um, she's Miss Greenpeace International and he's burning styrofoam cups every morning after breakfast. <laughs> That's because <clears throat> that would be something that would be a conflict because for her, Miss Greenpeace International, that is her, she's not just like, oh, I'll recycle because it's, if it's convenient around the corner from my house, it's like, oh, I'm making this my life. This is like going to be like who I am. This is the character I'm going to play in this world, this role I'm going to play in this world. And then he's going ahead and like, not only is he nonchalantly like, you know, burning styrofoam cups anytime would be kind of weird, but 
I mean, for the heck of it, just to see how it melts away. You know, you don't know that's cool. But, but, um, but to do that every morning, to do that every morning, to take a full pack of cups and sit on a beautiful spring day in your, high, your, your, your car with a AC blasting for no reason, just for the heck of it. Um, so like that, for most people that might seem a little weird, but for her, that is a denial of her essence. Mm. See, it's a denial of how she views her role in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a denial of her values and her direction in life. It's like, whoa, that's something else. You're, st- you're stomping me out. That's, yeah, that can't last. That's just not going to work. It's just not going to work long term. Right? So, anyway, so this is the idea. The more, if you want to be davuk with someone or something, it means aligning yourself with that thing in terms of, especially in terms of values and in terms of direction and in terms of ways. So Hashem is all about giving and it's all about the concept, the all-encompassing concept, midah is a midah of rachamim, uh, all-encompassing love. And so therefore the idea is to align, if we want to align ourselves with Hashem, that's what He's shown Himself to be about. He creates this world, puts us in with the opportunity to gain the max, which is a relationship with Him. And that's the number one way we know Hashem, as the giver of, uh, the giver of everything we have with the ultimate opportunity to create relationship with Him. So you might ask questions, well, this bad thing happened, that bad thing happened. That's all, those are all good questions, and there's philosophical questions, and they have philosophical answers, and that's great. But it's all within the picture. The only reason it's even a question is because there's a certain assumption, which is God set up this world, and we have opportunity to gain the max. So then you have that question about suffering. But the point is that the main, the first thing we know about Hashem, and we experience about Hashem, Jewishly and philosophically, is... God, gives us, God creates us with the opportunity to build the max, which is the relationship with Him, and there's nothing that He's gaining out of it. There's no like, it's not like He's infinite plus one if we uh, make the right choices, right? He's infinite either way. So that's the ultimate giving act. And so therefore, if I want to align my, if I want to build a relationship with Hashem, it means aligning me with, myself with Hashem, and that means becoming a giver and a person of rachamim, a person of all-encompassing love. And so, therefore, if I want to align myself with Hashem, that means I gotta turn myself into I gotta be that. And at first that might not come automatically. It might not come so easily. It might be I might have to build that within myself. I might have to catch myself doing the same crap I've always been doing and then change it and unearth it. And in order to unearth it, I might need to go into well, why do I do this? And where does it come from? And why am I doing this? And why do I react to these feelings in this particular way? I have to go deep in order to un- unlock those secrets within me and those blocks within me in order to infuse that space with rachamim and, and self-love and self-esteem and all the other things that need to be done. That is much easier. Masha'en ke'na klipa. That doesn't, not, not klipa, which is basically the everything else, the exact opposite. Klipa, that's autopilot. That comes on, it's that, that manifests itself on the person automatically. That's much easier. It's just tuma. If there's no, there's 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 no life. I just say, yeah, it's the same thing. Tuma's really in klipa, yeah. Yeah, same thing, exactly. There's What's Tuma? Tuma is, tuma is an energy that takes hold when there's a loss of potential. So there's a potential to be awesome, but you chilled. So now Tuma takes that space. So, automatically. Okay. No, exactly. Beheader HaKadusha. That's exactly what it says right here. When, when there's, there's no Kadusha in that space, Tuma occupies that space. So, Ki Adam Klimuchan Hulekabel. A person is a vessel of receiving. Right? Like also like the Baal Sulam talks about. Uh, the, best, a, the person is a vessel of receiving. In Kedusha, a person goes ahead and makes the moves in order. But notice how it's not just stop receiving, right? person, you want to receive Kedusha, you've got to become a, ve- a, a vessel, a vehicle of, of holiness in order to receive holiness. It's not just like, oh, uh, you know, I'll take some holiness off the rack today. 
Like, no, you have to make yourself into a person that then Kedusha is manifest upon you. It's like a black mm-hmm. card. A, a what card? Black card. Amex. Like an Amex. Yeah. Uh, black card. Don't know what you're talking about. The, the highest level Amex, the best credit card you can get in the world. Like, you have to make, you have to spend $250,000 a year just to get the credit card. Oh, so it's like that. So you see, you have to make yourself a clee that's reoid to receive the black card. You want a black card, you have to be able to make enough money to spend enough to even qualify to get a black card. There you go. Okay, good. There you go. Nothing racist. Okay. So, so this is the idea. So, a, so a person is this vehicle that, a, a vehicle of receiving. Now the question is, okay, what's going to come down? If a person builds himself up to a certain space, opens himself up in a certain way, is a certain thing, so then Kedusha is going to align with that. You've opened yourself up to Kedusha. Right? Like it says in the Gemara, a person comes to purify themselves to get themselves away from the tomb of the situation. Heavenly help comes their way. If not, though, God forbid, Klippa comes on its own. This, this thing that this, this drawing away energy comes on its own. And that's where you're holding. You're, 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 you're in the quicksand, the Klippa quicksand. And you are referred, and, and so that's it. You have tummy status, like you just said. Like you just said, right there. So, v'hachush me'id. And so we see this in life. That when a person is lacking in Kedusha, so then Klippa and Tuma comes their way. Energy of loss of potential comes their way. she'adam. When a person doesn't go ahead and make them work on themselves to make them someone who desires and enjoys and has an affinity for and admires that which is holy, that which is good. No. No, I messed it up. So. Ah, there you go. So, let's listen to what he says. Listen to what he says here, right? If a person has to make themselves someone who wants Kedusha, right? That's a crazy thing. Who wants holiness, who wants good stuff, right? A person has to become that person. And that comes from making real choices when a person is not necessarily feeling it. Making real choices when the autopilot is, I just chill, or I have a certain desire, I have to fill it, or I want to be comfortable, or whatever it might be, right? And so, and so, and so it's not even about, what he says here is, it's not even about, let's say a person knows, rationally, a person went to Isha Torah, he heard all the proofs of God in the Torah, a person went, I went uh, a person knows something's true, he's saying here it's not enough. It's not enough. A person has a Muna, he knows all the principles of a Muna. He learned all this stuff. He's saying, like, great. He has everything he needs to he has be everything, a holy Jew. He has everything, right? He has every. He seemingly has everything he needs, but what he's saying is he doesn't have anything he need, everything he needs. He doesn't have something that he refers to here as chibat hakodesh. How do you say chibat? Belovedness? Belovedness of holiness, right? The person has to have, has to build up that desire that only comes with making those choices in the darkness when you're not feeling it. Isn't that crazy? Holiness has to be dear to him. Right. There you go. So, so this is the idea. Um, 
if sorry, a person a person could have all the philosophical backing and he could know the emet and he could have emuna and he could uh, he has all the thing uh, all the understandings about why X Y and Z is the wrong thing to do and uh, not to be an arrogant person and all this kind of stuff. Nevertheless, it could still be that he doesn't have enough power in his hands or her hands to go ahead and to subdue himself to Hashem, right? To align himself with Hashem, to align himself with God's attributes, right? When push comes to shove in the dark corners of his life and of his heart, right? And so, go ahead. So, um, so this is so this is uh, this is the idea. This is the idea of that we. It's either, either we allow ourselves, like we like the title says, either we allow ourselves to to the free fall concept, or it means going ahead and making choices, making choices on an ongoing basis, right? Um, like uh, Rosh Hashanah said to me, "Lenatzel kol rega," right? Make. Uh, to, to take advantage, to take advantage of every moment, to take advantage of every moment, from him that means something, because you see him that he's that that he does that. You walk into his house, phone off, back into the page, phone. If you ever hang out with him, at least during his call hours. Anyway, so um, I never seen him do a melacha in my life. A melacha? <laughs> don't, don't worry, doesn't melacha. One time I asked yeah, him. Never, because one I time I went over to him a few. I know, I know. One time <laughs> I went over to him, uh, like Arab Shabbat. And um, yeah, one time I went over to him on Erev uh, Shabbat and I was sponsoring the Kiddush. I guess I had a, a, I had a kid that was born, I forget. But um, I was sponsoring the Kiddush and so I had like some shekels with me. And so I said to him, uh, I said to him, you know, so okay, I want to give the rabbi uh, deal with money, you know, on Erev Shabbos, whatever. He says, ah, Kesef, ada rega acharon. So. Can we have a field trip there? A field trip, yeah, yeah. We'll take Every our, we'll, we'll pack, we'll pack our, our, our three bottles of water and, and a baseball cap, and we'll get a tour guide, and, and we'll uh, walk two hundred meters across the street. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you know, he lives in Israel, not in uh, Pennsylvania. So what are you gonna do? So uh, it's not in Germantown anymore. Not in Germantown anymore. So uh, anyway, questions, thoughts, ideas, my friends. What say you guys? Yes. How do you do it? How does a person? They've already gone to yeshiva. They've done everything they need to do. How does a person yeah. get to a level that they desire kedusha, that they desire holiness? And what does that even really mean? So, firstly, firstly, I want to take you out of the black and white nature of this conversation, which you might be going to, right? Which is that. We have uh, our moments of ups and downs. We want to make as many more up moments rather than down moments, right? But we have, but we have to recognize that. Let's say we have, a, if we have a moment where we're not feeling that, it doesn't mean that you're never feeling that. It doesn't mean that you're a person who doesn't feel that. It means that sometimes you're going to feel it, sometimes you don't. Let's work on feeling it more and and whatever. It's not all or nothing. It's not black and white. Let's start. Let's start there, right? Um, other aspects are mean. It means let's start with the at, with with the parts because really what he, they're focused here on, if I'm understanding correctly, is first and foremost the concept of midos, right? Um, our attributes and attributes and characteristics are often misunderstood because a lot of times we take that word, um, we take that um, the the word mida in Hebrew and we translate it as characteristic or trait, right? 
However, that's only the external aspect of the word mida. That's only the mida. You could say that there's mida there's mida pnimi, and there's mida chitzoni. There's internal aspect of a mida and external aspect of mida. The external aspect of a mida of a characteristic is how it shows up in the world in dealing with people. So that's a characteristic. That's a trait. That's how you act. But what's but really what's going on there is what's the emotional intelligence behind or the emotional state behind the, the characteristic that's showing up out there, right? So, so um, that means to say that if we can refine that, if we can uh, in, infuse in that space, uh, like, like let's, so let's take, let's take, let's say a person has a mida that they have caused, that they get angry. Okay, so the external, really the anger that's being expressed is the external expression of that mida, right? What's the internal thing at the root of that mida? Ego. If that's your answer. There's different people, different things. So that means for you, maybe it's ego. But for other people, it's going to be other things. Other people, it's going to be fear. I'm afraid of being, of something happening. I'm afraid of, if, I, if, if things stay the way they are, then blank y, X, Y, and Z are going to happen. I don't want that to happen. I will lash out in anger, and then that thing will leave me alone. Okay? I mean, Ego could be a part of that. Oh, it's all, I mean, yeah, it's all true. It's all true. It's all, it's all possible. The point is that, the point is though then, let's understand that the external expression is really in just the, 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 the external expression of that which is going on internally. So then, it's do I want to, one part of it is do I want to be this person anymore? Is this really serving me? How am I feeling about this? How am I feeling in my general life being this kind of person, right? So, so, um, so part of it is to begin making choices that are more conducive to, you know, holiness or Judaism or being the person that Hashem wants us to be. It's taking a step back. Even if I have all the rationalizations in the world and we're doing that whole thing in our head with the rationalizations of like, yeah, but this person's doing this and that person's doing that. And like, take a step back like, wait, is this, what God, is, is this really what God wants me in this moment? Like, let's be honest for a second. Okay, yes, this person's doing crap and this and that. And they should be doing the different, and okay, we'll discuss the word should another time. But is this, let's be, is this really, is, is this what Hashem wants me to do right now? Is this the type of person, is this the media that Hashem wants me to ex- ex- exhibit right now? Right? So hopefully if we recognize that we say like, okay, no. And then we say, okay, so then this is not the path. What is the path? Uh, not this. Let's start there. Right? And then, but we need to fill that space with something. And so then we can go to a place usually of, either em- empathy or abundance. Let's start there. Empathy is, okay, the, pers- the other person outside of me is going through whatever they're going through and dealing with whatever they're dealing with, and I don't, and they have all their stuff going on, and so whatever their, their situation is that's bothering me or whatever, they have their whole world of the last 25 years of whatever was going on in their life that led them to a place where they're doing whatever they're doing now, right? Maybe they had a tough time with certain things, or maybe they're, whatever, they have their programming, and it is what it is. And to be able to accept that and to recognize that, hey, maybe if I had their thing, I'd be doing worse than them, right? So to have a little bit of, to be able to empathize on that level. On the other hand, what was the other thing we talked about? Abundance, right? If it's an issue of, I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on something. Well, hold on a second. Is this the way that God wants me to act in the situation? No. Okay. So... I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get. 
So I don't have to feel this feeling of scarcity. I'm gonna miss out, I have to go run and claw and right? So that's the beginning. Now the more we start to act like that, you feel like ah oh. So you have to force yourself to endure. It takes sometimes at the beginning it takes making choices that you that do not come naturally. That is true. But it won't take long before it starts to feel like if you like if you do the practices that I just did in your life, it's gonna start to feel good pretty quick. Now that doesn't mean that for the next fifty times you're gonna change because you saw once, twice, three times it felt good for you in the end of the day when you got yourself to do it. It's a practice. It's over time. It's whatever. It's being conscious about it. It's learning. It's going through that first parak of Tomer Devorah day in and day out every day doing Chazara on it, um, going through it. Um, it's uh, all sorts of different. All sorts of different uh, uh, things that can go ahead and keep us conscious of it. That's the thing. We have to be conscious of it. Also, we, 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 were, we spoke once about meditation recently. And what's the thing that keeps people from meditation? People think like meditation is like this high, holy, advanced thing. It's, what keeps people from it, very simply, is just doing it day in and day out. Making the time to do it. That's what keeps people out. It's not that it's something that can't be reached by people and people can't achieve in it and whatever. It's just... At first, when you don't feel anything special with it, or even when you do, but still, can I dedicate the 20 minutes to it? I don't know. Not so simple. Not so hard. It's the hardest thing for, for people. People from people from the most beginner to the most advanced. The, all the certainly the most advanced will tell you the most difficult thing is just like making the time and sticking to that time. Is meditation necessary? It depends. Do you have Buddha in front of you or no? Then yes. Maybe you should be in meditation class. Maybe. So, <laughs> we have the other questions, thoughts, ideas. Meditation is super easy. Okay. You do it every day. Um, did you listen to my last little? Uh, <laughs> so, there's times and there's times. When do you do it's it? Like this year, this year. So meditation is working your mind. No, like there's working that's, out. Like, that's part of it. Yeah, I think it's the opposite of working. Buddhist meditation is completely clearing your mind. Like, that's not true either. Takes work, takes work. No matter what medica- meditation you're doing, it takes work. Okay, you don't say meditation. Yeah. Like, okay. Out. What do so, you want to do? Uh, work out or meditation? Just associate from your Why, so I don't much. know if it's an either or. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Hasidus Daily Podcast. For more inspirational content, including books, audio, and video presentations, visit ellythejew.com.